Hey, podcast. Today, Chris and Grant have an excellent conversation on what's going on with all the red in the marketplace. This is an excellent complement to some of the fundamentals that we've been hearing from Dwayne and looking at it from a more technical approach on this side. Again, be sure as you're listening through today that you keep in mind this is just perspective. We're not giving any advice. Enjoy. Welcome to the midweek Agview pitch. You've got Chris Barron and Grant Schimek here. And Grant is a broker that uh, I work with. And Grant, go ahead uh, and reintroduce yourself. We had John here with Dwayne and myself here a couple weeks ago, but uh, go ahead and give another introduction to yourself if you would. Sure. My name is Grant Schimek. I'm um, a broker with Black Oak Financial in Fort Atkinson, Iowa, and been in the commodity business for over 20 years and also do some consulting with farmers throughout the country. Gotcha. Great. Thank you. Um, so a little bit of red on the screen here for the last couple of days. What's cooking? What's going on here? Oh, I think it's just emotion, just back and forth, just the volatility in the weather forecast. There's really nothing that's fed the bull. You've had crop conditions make some slight gains, even though in the states that were the worst, you know, let's take a state like Ohio had a big percentage increase in the good to excellent, but not a very large percentage, good to excellent in some of those states. So it's there's nothing here. I think there's also some some technical history, so to speak, as you as you move away from the week of July 11th, and you you take if you were not below last week's low yet, that's down there at 4:30 and a quarter. But we did take out the low of Friday, which was the day that made the high last week. And there is some technical history when you go back and look at December corn, where if you take out the the low of that week, uh, that the bar that made the high and, and not yet the yet done the low of last week. Some of those things I think are just models that are selling the market. And I don't really think there's anything, anything more to that except seasonal pressure. So do you think, you know, the forecast kind of hot and dry and then maybe there's a chance of rain. How much, you know, how much of the forecast is a percentage of the movement, do you think? I think it's part of it. You know, we, we came in the weekend. It looked like it was going to be intensely hot and in a wide area and not have any give up. And as time has progressed here, the models, the weather models took it out in the intensity of it in a lot of cases. We've had a lot of pop-up showers mainly and you know, i'd say in iowa and minnesota have had the pop-up showers not not as much in some of the 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 more southern southern areas that are are hotter but there have have been some rain so it's just not as bad as feared a few days ago okay what about uh on soybeans what do you think in there um with the movement of soybeans well, and on the soybean market, I, I think it is, it's just moving in unison for the most part. But as we get closer to August and the more critical phase for soybeans, I think there's more, there is potential for something to happen there. And, you know, just from a very short-term technical standpoint, I'd like to see us stay above 890 on a close on the November contract. If that's the case, maybe we can still uh, build, build from here. And I think there's history that, you know, things can still happen in August and there's still a lot of weather to be dealt with for soybeans. 
in other years, you wouldn't have as much weather to deal with for corn relatively, but we definitely do this year, given the planting dates. Yeah, and Dwayne's talked a lot about the, the spread difference between corn and soybeans, and soybeans being pretty cheap. Do you, do you kind of concur with what the sediment has been that, you know, historically beans are really cheap right now relative to corn and wheat? They, they are. They are. They are. And, and, and I know what the reply to that is, is like, well, duh, there's lots of soybeans out there. We have a lot of carryover, even in the context of, you know, maybe a smaller yield this year. But if there, the thing about that is if we do have issues, weather issues that pop up and we can impact yield, then I think soybeans become the, the one that can probably have more relative volatility than corn or wheat over the, say the next 60 days and it may be more upside potential. I, I'm, I personally would still doubt the sustainability of strength, but if we're just talking about, can we have some volatility and a pricing opportunity yet in beans? I'd say, yes, I think we got a very good chance of it. I just still, I, I do doubt that they'd have sustainability though, because I think it's going to be tough to, to work off the, the weight of the, the amount of beans we're carrying until we get into the next marketing year. And get to harvest and figure out what's really there and what's not there. A lot of, a lot of unknowns and it's a huge amount of time True. between now and, and harvest as well. So right. um, what, what do you think that, what kind of risk are we dealing with right here to the downside for those who are long the market right now, you know, should they be concerned, nervous, or just kind of sit tight? And well, I think be okay. What's your thought there? Well, you always have to have some kind of of point where you're gonna gonna have some kind of plan B and not just say write it out. That's when you, when you get complacent with your risk management. That's when Murphy shows up and knocks on the door. So you know, I, I think that. Uh, Downside in soybeans, another, I'm going to throw out maybe more extreme levels that some people might not think is possible, but on beans, you know, getting into that 867 to 870, a high 870s zone, I wouldn't rule it out. I think that's possible and a really hard tree shaking. And in the corn market, we still haven't filled that gap that was left in just above 420. And if you really want to have a moment of doubt and confusion where people think that this market can't come back, you go down and, and close that gap and shake the tree down there, maybe into the, into the four teens, that 413 to 419 zone and really gun some stops and trade at levels we haven't all for, for a long time. And, you know, by the end, you could do that intra week and by the end of the week, close back above, uh, you know, even back above 420 or 426 uh, area and, 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 and be done. So, but you could definitely shake the tree that hard and, and still recover, in my opinion. Any comments on wheat, on kind of what we've seen in that market? Uh, wheat market, dealing with this harvest pressure and getting through that. I mean, I, I think it's holding up fairly well. I think the timing for, for wheat is going to be real similar. I think uh, having getting, getting through the, the harvest pressure and getting into that, say, uh, second week of August time frame on, I think we could have have another opportunity there to take us up into that upper $5 handle. And I'd definitely take action on it. 
as a hedger, but you know, as far as the six dollar plus level on the front front months on the, like, the Chicago contract, uh, I, I would I personally wouldn't swing swing for that. But I think we've got another. I think we got a really good shot at all three of the big drains here to have an emotional volatility event yet here next month. So if that happens, say during August, and we see the volatility, you know, that we've seen here now, and we get the the volatility back to the upside, you mm -hmm. know, basically what you're telling me is you better take action, pay attention real close, and make some sales when the opportunities are there. Is that what you're saying? And kind of yeah. what levels for the three crops do you, are you thinking, you know, knowing right. its perspective, but. You, you better play defense, even if things look dire. And that might not mean you don't necessarily have to sell with committed sales and run for the hills, but you're going to want to do, you know, if you don't have a very light on committed sales and you're at numbers that, and especially in the context of crop insurance are viable, you got to take action. But as far as on corn, you know, I think uh, December corn, anytime we get up in the 460s, and we, if we start to lose momentum again on that decent contract, you're going to want to, if we go up again, we really need to get through that high, in my opinion, that 473 area. If you get up in the high 450s to low 460s and, and start to lose momentum yet again, then you better play defense, make some sales, create some kind of other strategy on paper. And, uh, but past that, the low end of the of a new high to me could be as as low as that 477 to 482 on dece otherwise this mathematical targets i think there's a shot that it gets up into the 507 to 530 zone and uh, whether something looks dire or not i really would definitely floor aggressively or protect aggressively at that point on the beans you know you get north of uh 940 got to pay close attention just because of the calendar otherwise to me history says well i think we still have a shot or potential to go up and and test that february high which is 969 and a quarter so you know north of 960 on up i'd be very defensive and on the wheat those numbers to me would be in that uh five 560 to 595 zone on on the front month so Grant, you're one of the most um, probably technically minded people I've ever met as far as paying attention to the technicals, really knowing what's going on. Let me ask you a fundamental question. You know, if if the fundamentals as we move forward, let's say we get really super dry, you know, how much how much weight do you put on the technical side? Do you think do you think the fundamental outlook has enough strength at some point to work through your technical numbers or or is that just wishful thinking on a farmer's part oh I'm, i would the technicals don't say something can't happen so i mean if you get through one level you can go to the next one it can be very i mean if there's enough emotion driving the move it can go a lot moves could go a lot higher so I'm not going to say that it can't. I think that's where instead of assuming you know what will happen, that's what I mean by playing defense is to create some a floor in some way, shape, or form or to have a backup plan in case you are wrong. And so let's say you get to um, 
480 or 510. And maybe we just, as time goes on, you, you've taken action at those points and time goes on, it keeps going higher. Well, that's where I want to avoid the saying, well, if you, if you have say 75, 80% crop insurance, it's not me saying sell up to your insurance guarantee, but create a floor so you can still ratchet those up. That's gotcha. how I would approach it. Gotcha. Is there any um, other things we'll kind of keep this, this one short, just cause I wanted to kind of touch base on all the red ink we've been seeing here um, in, you know, in the market, any uh, last comments you have or things that, that growers need to be watching if they're, um, you know, in terms of their positions or anything that you can think of that, that needs to be recommended or discussed yet here midweek going into the end of the week. Uh, I don't have anything specific and, you know, it's, it's best not to get into specific recommendations because uh, really don't know what individual's operation to, to make them, but it's just, uh, I, I really sincerely believe this next uh, 45 days in particular through the, as we go into the, from here to the end of August are going to be key. And if we do ramp up into that time frame, I'm, I would be caught. I would caution everybody on assuming that while wow, it's just going to get better, wait till we roll the combines. Cause a lot of times the market is gets way out of head of those events and we have a way of pricing in things faster than you ever thought. So I continue to hear people want to wait and see exactly what they have. And we might not, you know, the best price might come before the combines roll if we get that kind of setup with weather and get the emotion behind it. Gotcha. So pay attention, expect volatility and take action if it's prudent. Right. Did I hear you right? Gotcha. Yep. All right. Well, Hey Grant, thanks a lot. Um, we'll uh, get this out to everybody and uh, appreciate your time here today. And we'll be back in touch with you again. And um, it's to get a perspective from somebody that like I said, you know, you really, pay attention to the technicals and have a, a great understanding of that. And I think a great compliment to a lot of the information that we're, that, uh, that we're getting here in the ag view pitch, um, as we move forward in the marketplace. So, uh, anyway, thanks everybody for joining us on the ag view pitch and we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening everybody. We hope you got some good perspective out of this episode with Grant and that you keep some of these things in mind as you move through your week. Remember, this is only perspective. We're not giving advice here. We'll catch you next time on the Ag View Pitch.